You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hadmaker coming to you from the Command Sharia. Today, let's talk about a superpower, one that uh, apparently we can all develop. We're going to talk about how to see underwater. And uh, we're also going to use this fascinating story, at least in my ears. And uh, we can also, I would like to use this to be instructive as to how deeply we dive with whatever we do around here, whether it's old school indigenous tactics, uh, whether those be combat tactics or straight survival tactics, just, you know, tactics or hacking uh, your interaction with, with the physical world. It's just not merely reading old historical legends and assuming everything you read is fact. It's trying to find out if there's any sort of basis, uh, uh, physiological basis to substantiate what we're seeing and actually putting it to test. But anyway, let's get back to uh, how to see underwater the sea gypsy way. And we can start with the question, I mean, how's your eyesight? I mean, is it good, fair to middling? You know, as I old, I got some, uh, as I age, I got some macular degeneration. Definitely got to wear the reading glasses. But uh, I want to ask you this, how's your eyesight underwater with no diving mask on? Now, how about if I told you there may be a way to gain a bit of improvement in both above water and below water environments, an improvement that calls for a remarkably short time investment on your part. Now, stay with me as we learn a thing or two from the Moken, M-O-K-E-N. The Moken literally sea people or sea nomads or sea gypsies or an Austronesian people that inhabit the 800 some odd islands of the Mergui archipelago. They are claimed by both Burma and Thailand. Again, I probably butchered several pronunciations in there, but stay with me. The Moken garner almost their entire livelihood from the Andaman Sea. You may have read about them in the pages of National Geographic or seen them in videos making lengthy hunting dives, free breathing apparatus, diving fins, or even diving masks. There's images of them moving agilely about on the seafloor. I mean, these, these images are beautiful and they inspire wonder and a bit of envy. I mean, in me, that's uh, one of these many things, uh, like the, the Moken among the people that uh, push me into uh, free diving and you know, learning how to you gather a little bit of this freedom. Now, the uh, human eye has evolved to be a rather delicate and precise viewer of the above water world. But for those of us who can even keep our eyes open beneath the water surface, which is relatively few, uh, we find that we're lucky if we can see a mere three feet in front of us. And also it comes down to, you know, how murky the water is, of course. But if we got clear water, a lot of us still uh, have a remarkably short visual field. So how is it that the Moken, spears in hand, are able to hunt beneath the surface and make precise spear strikes with no diving mask? Now, experienced spear fishermen and scuba divers know that even with diving masks, there's a bit of double refraction going on as the atmosphere between the cornea and the retina creates one bend of light, and the air between the glass of the diving mask and the cornea creates a second bend, spawning a distortion of distance and angle that must be corrected for. And this correction can only be made with experience. You can do lots of diving to understand uh, the... Uh, Appearances aren't always the reality. And yet, the Moken do all this just fine without a diving mask. Now, is this a genetic adaptation to their environment specific to the Moken, or is there something else going on? Well, Anna Gislin, Eric Warrant, uh, Marie Dake, and Ronald Kroger, all of the Lund University in Sweden, devised an ingenious experiment to define whether underwater visual acuity was indigenous to diving cultures such as the Moken, or is there some skill to be learned, a skill that could be trained and then used by anyone. 
Well, see, they first tested just how keen the Moken's eyesight is beneath the water using the Pelly Robeson chart, and that's P-E-L-L-I-R-O-B-S-O-N. So the Pelly Robeson chart, which tests for visual contrast, our ability to distinguish shapes, which is a major need when hunting underwater. They then gathered subjects, not of the Moken people, they used Europeans and Thai, and they submitted them to the same test in a pool environment that mimicked the conditions of the Andaman Sea. Now, acuity at three to six meters, there was no real difference between the test subjects and the Moken. But once you got to nine to 12 meters, the Moken still see just fine, whereas the test subjects are out of the game. Now, the test subjects are then ushered through 11 training days spread out over, uh, spread out over a one-month period. Now, in these sessions, they dive to the bottom of the pool, press their faces to a viewer, where they presented with various forms of the Pelly Robeson charts, as well as having a waterproofed video camera record their pupil dilation. Now, we're surmised by the researchers that the Moken are able to voluntarily constrict their pupils, enabling them to improve contrast resolution underwater. And you're getting that? Voluntarily constrict. Now, initially, the subjects were experiencing no pupil change. These are the test subjects, that is. But by the end of the training, pupil change was easily noted being engaged in by all, every single subject. All right? Now, first, how did they do this by the end of the training? I mean, how did they do by the end of the training session uh, as far as their visual acuity? Did their underwater vision improve? Well, after the 11th session, there was pupil change in all and improvement in underwater contrast performance of 27% with the least performing subject coming in at a 17% improvement. Now, you get a range right there of 17 to 27% improvement in 11 sessions in one month. I mean, that, that's remarkable, right? But now, get this. The subjects were then retested after four months during which there was zero training sessions. I want to make sure that we're clear on this. They're retested after four months after zero training sessions. At the retest, the pupil contraction was automatic, and the improvement comparison was 57%. The subjects at this point were on par with the Moken test figures and some surpassing them. So clearly, we are looking at a learned adaptation. Now, I want you to think carefully about this. How many areas of physical training can you think of where you can train for 11 sessions, see improvement, take four months off, and then still improve? I mean, exactly how does this occur? Well, the answer is somewhat fuzzy, but there are surmises. I mean, the improvement during non-training is chalked up to what's called consolidation or reminiscence, which is another way of saying that the 11 sessions acted as neural pathway training, cementing a skill. as when we learn to ride a bike and then we can pick it up again after years of non-bike riding. It is also surmised that a bit of blurred contrast training can be carried into the above water environment. This is a quote. Rosenberg and others, this is from a 2004 paper, Rosenberg and others noticed an improvement in visual acuity in myopic subjects after only three hours of exposure to blur, unquote. Now, this is above water blur exposure. I'm talking where we are, you and I, dry land. This isn't a decreasing your Kindle font size for you know, a portion of your reading time or moving the print of a physical book back to just the point of blur. This is AK called, uh, also called print pushing, etc. Well, more on this another day with a few unique ideas and vision training from another indigenous culture. But again, they're saying it's not going to get you back to 2020, but there is a bit of improvement just by using print pushing in some of this. So beyond the apparent work with the task of contrast resolution underwater until it sticks, were there any other specific hacks to pass along? Well, indeed, there are. The subjects learned to cross their eyes when focusing on the contrast task. This led to pupil constriction. The constriction increased over time, for example, the exercise practice or skill consolidation. A subject who was able to cross, unable to cross their eyes, well, they compensated by looking upward and or lean or learned to cross a single eye only. For the most part, though, a, a small cross in the eye seems to do it. The eye crossing seems to lead to pupil constriction and sets the stage for building a bit of increased visual acuity 
acuity both in and out of the water. This also holds some particularly interesting contrast with some of the uh, night vision uh, uh, drills you're going to hear from indigenous ability and again further down the road. And as far as on self-experimentation, uh, as far as I dive both with mask, with the goggles, and without using some of this uh, tactic, it's absolutely remarkable. Well, there you have it. An inspiring people, the Moken, an ingenious experiment, and a hackable skill that pays dividends in very little time, <laughs> with very, very little uh, work on our part. Again, uh, it's uh, hopefully you consume the story just because it's, it's gorgeous science, it's gorgeous history, it's a gorgeous look at indigenous people, and also kind of gives you a peek behind the curtains of how we treat things around here. You know, hit the history hard and see if we can back it up with science, and even more importantly, can we back it up with our own physical experiment, and, and, and then after that, if it does work past muster, we pass it on to you guys. Anyway, take care of yourself. Hope you enjoyed that. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages if you like music. Mm-hmm.